Barb Higgins here, welcoming you to A Thousand Tiny Steps. In this podcast, I share my stories of love, loss, triumphs, and tragedy as I continue to trace my steps backward and ponder what led to the death of my daughter, Molly. If you're ready to laugh, cry, shake your head in disbelief, or simply listen, and tie, buckle, slip on, or lace up your shoes, and join me as we begin our A Thousand Tiny Steps. Hey, everyone. Barb Higgins here, welcoming you to episode 93 of A Thousand Tiny Steps. It's June 13th as you're hearing this, so happy birthday, Eleanor. Eleanor is my little sister. We share our same, would be well over 100-year-old bio dad, so we're sisters from the same mister, (laughs) but other mothers. Anyway, happy birthday, Eleanor. I love you. I think she's like 27 or 28. I don't know. I'm a terrible sister. I don't know how old she is. (laughs) Ah which plays into the fact that I've been very hard on my family for not remembering to reach out to me on the day that Molly died. And it's not that they don't remember. Of course, my family remembers Molly. But in the day-to-day busyness of life, the date on the calendar can get lost. And I think I understand that a bit better in this recording than I have in the past few weeks. Anyway, June 13th. So the month of June, since the year Gracie was born, has included track camp. And in looking at the things that have stayed the same since Molly died and the things that are different, In the days and weeks after her death, I didn't think there was any way in the world I could do track camp. I just didn't think I could do it. But the community and Gracie and kids citywide pleaded with me to have camp. And it was probably one of the best track camp years ever. I had a lot of help and a lot of support. So I'm going to talk about track camp and what that experience has been like for me and sort of how it came to be and why it has lasted so many things. So it's 2001. Gracie is, I would say, maybe eight or 10 weeks old. She's little, eight weeks. I'm backing out of my driveway. I have spent hours and hours getting ready for track camp, setting up schedules, soliciting staff, getting people to sign up. This is before social media and Facebook were as big as they are now. I had 25 campers, Lynn Vinskis and Jen Jakewith, at the time, two much younger than me. They're still much younger than me, but they were much younger themselves. Teachers in the district and track and field coaches and a handful of high school students. And we put together the first ever Barb's track camp. I was backing out of the driveway at about seven in the morning that first Monday at the end of June, crying, because I didn't feel it was right for me to be leaving Gracie. I didn't understand what I was doing. Barbara, why are you doing this? You have this beautiful baby, you should be home. At just eight weeks, she was obviously still, at least in my life, exclusively breastfeeding. She nursed a ton. I hadn't yet mastered pumping as I did a bit later in her life, and so, The only milk she had was mine. My mother, in her ever misguided desire to help me, suggested I buy formula to supplement, and I refused completely because that was just me. I had a plan, and I would make it work. My mother would drive up to the field two or three times a day with Gracie, and she would nurse. I would nurse her in the car, and my mom would bring her home. That first year, I had a camper named Philip Gehring. If you're from Concord or the Concord area, then you know Philip and his sister, Sarah, were murdered by their father. It was devastating, devastating event several years after this year. Philip was hilarious. He was a theater lover, much like Molly. He was a clown. He was everybody's favorite person at track camp. And I remember years later giving his mother pictures I had of Philip from track camp that she didn't have. Sarah got a lot more public support because she was older. She was in high school and she had sports teams and social circles and, you know, Five more years of life than Philip to have lived by the time her life ended. And so I always felt a bit bad about that. And I was very excited to be able to give Terry, their mom, these pictures of Philip. But that first year of track camp, 
if you would ask me how long it would last, I would have assumed that I would still be teaching in the district, that I would still have my own track and field programs. And so I probably would have said forever. My goal at the time was to get young children interested in track and field to supplement our track and field programs. As big as Concord is, and as a division one school, we have the least active, at the time we had the least active middle school programs or summer programs for track and field. The top schools in the state had a lot bigger feeder programs than we did. But the summer of 2001 had the cross country program at Concord High reigning New England champs, the fall of 2000, when Gracie was a mere button in the belly. Our track and field and cross country program stepped up to a whole new level. And all of those girls and boys were track camp counselors for me. I will say 23 years later, all of my staff remain high school students. Since I don't have the strong connections to Concord High School track and field that I once did, not as many of them come from there, which is sad because most of the campers are Concord students. So from 2001 all the way through 2010, Barb's track camp reigned supreme and was a wonderful example of track and field, cross country, and sportsmanship in Concord. The numbers increased, increased. I went from 25 to about 40 to 50 to 60. And it didn't take long before Barb's track camp on average had about 80 campers. I ran it through Concord Parks and Rec. And at the time, that seemed like the right thing to do. They took care of all the paperwork, all the logistics. All I had to do was show up and be awesome. And I'm very good at showing up and being awesome, if I do say so myself. We did have campers from other towns, but because it was through Parks and Rec, their tuition was a bit more expensive. And they set limits on out-of-town participants because... They wanted Concord kids to have access first, and that was fine. The mornings at Barb's track camp are rotations of every track and field event there is with the exception of pole vault and now high jump. We do all the throwing events. We do all the running events and the jumping events. It's wonderful. After lunch, it becomes camp, summer camp. Endless, tedious games of capture the flag, scavenger hunts with candy, walking to get ice cream cones, handing out ribbons, tie-dyeing t-shirts. If you're watching me, I'm wearing a Barb's Track Camp 2022 last year's Track Camp t-shirt. All the things that you do at summer camp happen in the afternoons. Popsicles and ice creams and the Kona ice truck and Miss Polly's truck. We used to go swimming at one of the park pools. That was a much bigger through parks and rec agenda item. Since COVID, I've run it myself. Whether it's COVID-related or Barb-related, the Parks and Rec community didn't feel compelled to continue offering it through them. And so I do it myself. When I say myself, I do it through the Molly B Foundation now, and it's a wonderful way to acknowledge Molly. Gracie and Molly never knew life without Barb's Track Camp. Gracie was born in April, and the first ever Barb's Track Camp was born in June. When they were four and five, kindergarten age, they started coming. Some of the neighborhood kids came as well. They loved Track Camp. And I always let them pick friends, dance friends, out-of-town friends to come along as well. One of my favorite Barb's Track Camp participants is Peyton Shaw. Peyton was one of their very best dance friends, and she'd come spend the whole week. It was Peyton, actually, that introduced actual lunches to Gracie and Molly. Up to that point, it was just little baggies full of snacks. And so they were hefty. There was a ton of food in there, but there was no main item. And when Kenny was making lunches, Peyton said, where's the sandwich? Where's, like, the meal? This is all the snacks. And so Kenny asked her what she liked, and she liked ham and cheese. And so Gracie was so-so about it. She stuck with peanut butter and fluff, but Molly became a lover of cold cuts, her all-time favorite being Lebanon bologna. I still can't eat Lebanon bologna. makes me sad. Through the years, the groups got bigger and bigger. The staff got bigger and bigger. 
in some of the heyday years before the staff and the campers were so big, they would have a staff breakfast on Friday morning and they'd all eat at the Corner View, which is now Tucker's. I think my track camp staff alumni is as wonderful as track camp alumni itself. What I love now is the majority of my staff are former campers. You're a camper until you complete seventh grade. So seventh graders have their last year as a camper. When they finish eighth grade, they now get to be a CIT. And when they finish ninth grade, they get to be a paid staff. The CIT year is really where I can separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. This is their year to prove to me that they have what it takes to be a staffer. We all know middle schoolers have an issue with rules and impulse control. And so it really is my way of knowing for sure that they want to do this, that they really do want to be a, a staffer at Barb's track camp. 2011 was an interesting year because Chris Rath did everything she could to prevent it from happening. I'm not quite sure how she lives with herself, except to make a statement like that, I have to assume that she gives a crap about anything. And I don't believe that she cares about anything except her ego. And that might sound rude and harsh, but I believe it to be true. She went out of her way to try to insinuate that I wasn't safe around kids. Not with the state, so to speak. She was very clear that I shouldn't lose my teaching license because I think had she tried to do that, all the ugly things that she knew to be true that were in my favor would have come out. Most of all, her behavior and Jean Connolly's behavior. Allie, Jean's daughter, was one of my best ever camp counselors, and she took over kids camp when she graduated from Brandeis and came back to Concord. She had some friends from the track team there. She was an amazing kids camp counselor. I loved it. I loved it. I think had all of that not happened to me, she would still be a part of Barb's track camp. I just think she would. She still coaches some aspects of running at Concord High School. These are the things that all in the beginning of the end of Molly and the thousand tiny steps, <laughs> the gifts of Amy and Roy keep on giving. <laughs> so anyway, 2011 was, ha, huh, we're still here. And I believe that's what it says on the shirt. It either says we're still here or we're back. I can now make a pretty sizable quilt of Barb's track camp t-shirts, all different manner of tie-dye. Those are the hard ones to look at with Gracie and Molly when, when we look at their t-shirts. Up until age 13 and 15, there were two of everything. And then Gracie's t-shirt exodus continues and Molly stops. Gracie had just started to be a counselor. Molly's last year of track camp was 2015 and she was finishing sixth grade. That's right. And going into seventh. And she was so excited that she was having her final camper year and that next year she'd get to be a CIT. I put the CITs, the counselors in training with Bethany at kids camp, the half day camp. And they learn a ton about managing children, about being kind, about being in charge of one person, about following those rules. And Gracie had her first year. She had her CIT year, Molly's last camper year. When I look at their friend circle in Concord, so many of their friends did track camp. I look at their groups, the groups they were in, and I see Olivia Lamper and Keisha. I see some neighborhood friends and some dance friends. Gracie and Kelsey, those kids were a huge piece of track camp year after year after year. We survived my job loss, and track camp became an even bigger piece of what Molly and Gracie knew made me happy. I remember once they wanted to go to Disney, and they asked how could we afford to go to Disney, and I said they would have to take a year off from dance that the money we'd spent in a year of dance could buy us a couple of weeks at Disney. And I said, I would be happy to do it. And we would put their dance tuition in the bank every week, every month, and we would go. And they, they said, no, that they couldn't imagine a year without dance. I remember Eleanor and my, Eleanor's and my shared daddy often said that you had to have a passion in life, that you had to have something you were passionate about, that that's how you stayed happy. That's how you stayed purposeful and meaningful. Mr. Ludi would say a similar thing. 
And for me, running was my passion and everything related to running, coaching running, teaching the biggest, heaviest, slowest girls that they too could participate in a sport that could bring a lot of joy and community. I remember Eleanor coming up to visit one summer and we had our fresh, it was just after track camp. I think it was 2013 and Gracie and Molly were 12 and 10. You know, and it was just such a wonderful, you know, we we're just energized with summer. And Eleanor had this gorgeous $2,000 camera with her. It was beautiful with this fancy lens. She talked about running and dance and everything else. And I just said, well, you have to have a passion. And Eleanor said, I wish I had a passion. And I looked at her with her $2,000 camera. And I said, you and I were just talking and you looked up into the sky and saw a bird and you grabbed your camera and quickly snapped a whole slew of pictures of that bird. They're beautiful. You caught it in every aspect of flight. It was a hawk, some sort of bird of prey. I said, I think you have a passion. I think it's photography. And she realized it was. And that's a big part of her life to this day. Dance and performing is still a big part of Gracie's life. Even though she's in a bit of a holding pattern now with what she's going to do next and where she wants to go from here. Dance and music and theater, those are her passions, especially dance for Gracie. And for me, it was running until it wasn't. And then it became CrossFit. But the same things I loved about running is what I loved about CrossFit. And I've talked about that a lot. Track camp has become the way that I stay connected to sharing the love of track and field with kids. And I love it. It got me through my job loss and became a big piece of me, Gracie and Molly. It was something that we did together. Okay, mommy, it's almost track camp time. They loved it. They couldn't wait. They talked it up among their friends. It was just a piece of their life that they always loved and had joy, even when things were bad in, in our lives. So Molly dies. And I think, oh, no, 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 I can't do this. So May 7th, unplugged day to the first day of track camp, which was probably right around June 20th. I have to put this together. It was the biggest year ever of track camp. I haven't had that many kids at once again, which is perfectly fine. I had a ton of help. A lot of staff refused to take money. We had the first ever Molly Mile. We wore Molly B shirts. The t-shirt, the writing on the t-shirts was pink. It was just one of those years I can't replicate. I had mums of kids that came to track camp that would show up to pick up their kids and hug me and let me know that they were thinking of me. The number of times that week that I sat down at a picnic table and just cried are too many to count. I have a, a camper, Sinjir. They were this awkward, skinny, wobbly little camper in the beginning, struggling to fit in, to see where they fit to really understanding the bigger picture. And I remember sitting on a bench and sobbing and Sinjir walked by and looked at me and said, I'll sit with you for a while. It's okay that you cry. He got it. And I remember Sean Nazaro reaching out to me when I cried and remembering that I had taken care of him when he cried and he was afraid of the thunder and that it was okay to cry. So that particular track camp was another corner turner for me, another time where track camp was there through thick and thin. From then on to COVID, it became sort of a standard, it's standard typical thing that it was again. Granted, 2017 and 2018, I was, I was wasted a lot of the time and I was exhausted and I wasn't wasted during track camp. Let me be clear about that. I was still participating in a really unhealthy, horrifyingly bad way of dealing with, with Molly's death. And track camp was a bit of a respite from that for me. I got to be around kids and I got to be around things that made me feel better about myself. So through 2019, it was that way. Just this regular part of my life that kept me remembering that I was still Barb. On some level, I was still Barb, whatever that meant. And then COVID came and there was no track camp in 2020. And what are you going to do? And so 2021 and 22, and now 2023, track camp is a piece of the Molly B Foundation. 
what I love about it is I never made a ton of money with Barb's track camp. I overstaff it. I don't pay the staff. Well, it's a stipend, but I don't charge a lot for the camp either. When everything is paid for and all is said and done, I probably clear about a thousand dollars, which is a good amount of money, but it all goes through the Molly B foundation now. And what that's done for me is help me really see what I make and what I spend. And I have to say, I'm a bit frivolous with what I spend, but I want those kids to love it and have a good time. So here we are in 2023 and I'm offering two sessions. I've been asked again and again to offer camp twice. And I don't because the reason they love it is it ends before they're sick of it. But this year, Concord and Merrimack Valley, the two Concord local high schools are finishing in the middle of the third week of June after graduation, after Father's Day. Every other surrounding community is done well before that. So the first week of Bard's track camp will have children that don't live in Concord unless they don't go to Concord public schools. So I have a significant number of kids signed up already. And then the next week in June will be all of the Concord kids. And I have a ton of kids signed up for that week. When it's all said and done, I'll probably make even less money than before because I'm staffing two weeks, probably for roughly the same amount of kids, probably 150 total kids is what I would imagine. That would be amazing if I got that many. But I'm excited about it because I'm sharing it with a much bigger group of people. Gracie's back home. She wasn't here last year. She was at Disney. The first track camp in her life that she didn't show up at some point during the week to see all the kids at the field. I like that it's connected to the Molly B Foundation because it can continue on in some element, even when I'm not running it anymore or when I'm less involved. I don't know what that will look like. I'm 60 years old. <laughs> I was 37, about to turn 38 when I started it a lifetime ago. You know, I've gone through almost three full decades since I started that camp, my 40s, my 50s. Two full decades. I take that back. All of my 40s and all of my 50s. Finishing my 30s and now starting my 60s. So why am I talking about Barb's track camp today? Because it's June. Because next week on the 19th, for the 23rd time, I'll welcome children to Memorial Field to teach them the ins and outs of track and field, to show them a really good time, and to hopefully impart upon them a sense of community and what it takes to work together. And it's also Probably the one remaining piece of actual Barb, the Barb that existed before Molly died, the Barb that existed before I met Roy, the Barb that existed before all of it. From 2001 to 2009, those first eight track camps were just the innocent, happy life. And then things changed, but track camp has remained. And so, you know, if you live in Concord or in and around Concord and you've never sent your kids to track camp, and this is the first you're hearing of them, sign them up, go on my Facebook page, find the Barb's track camp page. It's a wonderful week. Know that your child will be taught the ins and outs of friendship and track and field and summer fun by high school kids. Typically, the only old person old enough to vote at track camp is me <laughs> and Bethany and Ashley and Gracie now and a handful of high school seniors that have turned 18 and have registered to vote. For the most part, I'm legally responsible for everyone there <laughs> as they're all underaged. And it's the best week of summer, I'll tell you right now. So this isn't a super long podcast. I think if I have important points to share here, it's that sometimes you find true happiness in the strangest places. There are plenty of people who can't imagine being in charge of 150 kids at Memorial Field on a hot summer day. To me, that's when I'm in my element. It's when I'm best managing large groups of people, keeping them together and focused. I remember when I coached track at Concord High, my biggest track team outdoors was 109. And Bill Harbrook was the athletic director then. He came up to watch a practice because he was concerned that how can me and one assistant keep track of all those kids. They were fine. There were groups of kids everywhere and track practice was running smoothly. And he was 
unbelievably impressed and appalled that I could pull it off like that. That's a strength for me. So I'll do it again. I'll keep doing it, I guess, as long as I can. (laughs) Until I'm too old to talk, until they can't hear me when I'm up front. I don't know who I'll have to find another barb to take it over. Anyway, it's just one of those things that has kept me grounded. It's, you know, five days out of the year. Well, it's more than five days because there's all the leading up to it and all the walking away from it. But I'm excited. It's coming. I will stay up all night on Sunday the 18th. (laughs) And once day one is complete, I'll be fine. Sort of like standing on the starting line of a race. You want to throw up until the gun goes off and then everything settles down and the race just commences. So that's that. Happy birthday to my sister, Eleanor. Almost happy graduation to the students at Concord High. All you wonderful young people, find a track camp in your town or feel free to commute. Come spend the week in Concord and get your parents to stay up here for a week and send you to track camp all day. (laughs) It's a good, it's a good thing. I'm nostalgic thinking about it. So as always, be good to yourself. After you're good to yourself, be good to someone else. Be good to your kids and sign them up for track camp. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening and for supporting the podcast. Feel free to leave a review and to share my stories with your friends. Please reach out with your own stories. I love connecting with my listeners. If you want to see what I'm up to next, you can find me on Instagram at barb underscore 444, on Facebook as Barb Higgins, and at my website, a thousandtinysteps.com. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, a weekly way to find out what's up in the life of Barb Higgins.